Hello and welcome to the Collapse Experiment. Yes, I had to change things up a bit because uh, that red light, that chirping noise, yes, that is uh, baby chicks that we've hatched here recently and uh, they will be they'll be staying with us for a few days until they go to their new home. So, if you hear that in the background, for, for once it's not the creak of my heater. So yeah, if you like this video, like and subscribe, share this video. You can also check us out on our podcast format, Substack, and thecollapseexperiment.com. So, I've got four articles for today. Yes, I know it says uh, America is bankrupt. I will get to that. But first, I've got a couple of short stories that I want to cover first. And yes, we have a sequel. We do have a sequel. Remember the, the Chinese spy balloon? It's back. It's bigger. It's bolder. It's all about family. Is Oh, wait, that's Fast and Furious? Yeah, okay, so U.S. is tracking a high-altitude balloon first spotted off Hawaii. Wasn't, wasn't the first one over Hawaii as well? Isn't, isn't that what happened last time? Is this just a crappy sequel? Is it going to go over to Alaska next? Let's find out. Yes, the U.S. military is tracking a high-altitude balloon that was observed off the coast of Hawaii over the weekend, officials said Monday. The balloon's owner is unknown. Really? You, you don't know who owns this balloon? Okay, but there were no indications it was maneuvering or being controlled by a foreign actor. Mm-hmm. It just happens to go over an island that's owned by the United States in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, which is how many square miles of water? Why isn't it going over Easter Island or Guam or Japan? Like, there's so many other islands. It just happens to go over the central location of the Pacific Ocean. With a huge Navy base. Mm-hmm. The balloon was detected and observed floating at approximately 36,000 feet above the Pacific on April 28th. It did not directly pass over sensitive sites or defense critical infrastructure, according to U.S. officials. That's what they want you to believe. Does it have to be over... The exact spot? Can it detect radio waves and communications like the previous one was doing? So, uh, yeah. Uh, I love how they just point things out like, well, it wasn't directly over a site. It can do other things. We, we learned this. We, we learned from the last time, and you're still playing dumb about their capabilities. Interesting. They don't want us to be asking questions about this. Uh, moving on, IBM to stop hiring for roles that can be replaced by AI. This is where we have to admit Andrew Yang was probably right. Nearly 8,000 workers to be replaced by automation. So yeah, I was a, a fan of the Yang. I was a part of the Yang gang, and then I became Yang gang for Trump, and then I was like, who the hell's Andrew Yang? Because, uh... 
yeah, he he really he really did a number on selling out, especially the whole uh, you know you either support the party or you'll be Arkansas, I guess. Because it's funny, Bernie Sanders was like, oh yeah, uh, I back Biden, and then there was uh, Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard, I believe, even put her support behind Biden when she was booted out of the race. After humiliating Kamala Harris. Yeah. One month ago, to much dismay and widespread denial, Goldman predicted that AI could lead to some 300 million layoffs among high-paid, non-menal workers in the U.S. and Europe. As Goldman chief economist Jan Hatzus Put it, using data on occupational tasks in both the U.S. and Europe, we find that roughly two-thirds of current jobs are exposed to some degree of AI automation and that generative AI could substitute up to one-fourth of current work. Extrapolating, our estimates globally suggest that generative AI could expose the equivalent of 300 million full-time jobs to automation as up to two-thirds of occupants could be partially automated by AI. Yeah, um, when I say they don't care about you, <laughs> you can be replaced. Yeah, it's like a, a woman finding out that, uh, wait, what? There's a flashlight? He, he doesn't have to depend on me? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, automation. It's basically the wet dream of corporations because they want us to act like robots. They want people to be mentally programmed to operate as robots. And when you become really efficient at your job is when they also get pissed off because they're like, no, 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 this is an eight-hour shift. How are you already done at three hours? I did my job really. You can go over what I – no, no, no. You're still here for five hours. That's where the bullshit in a lot of this uh, economy comes in because they pay you by the hour. They want you to be efficient. When you are efficient, they get pissed off. So, yeah. Um, but that's a whole nother argument. I've dealt with that with jobs in the past. Why are you just standing there? Because my work is literally done. We'll find something else to do. Not part of my responsibilities and you're not paying me more to do it. So, bleep off. Yeah, so we've got IBM looking to hire people outside outside of the human race. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have met the enemy. These are the two articles that I really wanted to cover. And the one after this is America's Empire is Bankrupt. But let's cover We Have Met the Enemy. And if you know that phrase, you kind of know where this is going. The weird part of the news media... Uh, the weird part the news media isn't telling you about World War III is that America's main enemy in this struggle is the U.S. government itself. Now, this is not something I wrote. This is James Howard Kunstler. He does have Kunstler cast uh, his own podcast. He has a great series of books that you may want to check out. Uh, big fan of his. He's a, a peak oil guy. Okay. Um, but he really knows what he's talking about. His podcast is very entertaining. He gets really good guests on, so go check that out. 
And uh, he, this was published through the Daily Reckoning. America is looking like that crazy person on the street, punching itself in the head. How else do you explain this epic act of national self-destruction? Does anybody else not see it? <laughs> the Joe Biden regime is standing up for our democracy, is trying to silence all and any public speech about what it does in the world and how it treats its own citizens. He's not wrong. Meanwhile, the entire scaffold of American life crumbles, and you are supposed to not notice it's happening. The funny part is that the Democratic Party thinks this is an election strategy. I guess if you want to just have distraction all over the place, like in 2020, sure. The funniest part of the the funniest part of the funny part is that we bother holding elections at all. Yeah, don't question this thing at all, or we'll destroy you. Which means there's something there to question. When you act like an asshole, you're trying to hide something. Anybody who's been in a shitty relationship knows this. You ask a question and they flip the fuck out, start jailing people or throwing your shit out on the curb. Bitch cheated. Uh, you understand Joe Biden is only pretending to run for president again in the same way that he's only pretended to be president the last two years. Are we to believe, for instance, that the old zombie has become a fervent Maoist? Or that he follows any known structural political philosophy at all, other than cashing checks from favor seekers from all over the world. Joe Biden is pretending to run no matter how preposterous it seems because his handlers know that only a titanic pretense of political strength can stave off the reveal of his family's awesomely criminality and fall of everyone hitched on that broke down wagon. Yeah, uh, the more stuff that comes out about Hunter Biden, holy shit, uh, it looks like this may be a lengthy article, so I'm going to skip around a bit, uh, the Ukraine fiasco, and this is regarding Ukraine project is a big part, is prodigiously stupid to provoke a war at Russia's doorstep, and the side we backed, the corrupt Zelensky regime, has already lost. You just don't know it because the American news business is a joke on the American public. It reports nothing honestly. Well, I, there's four paragraphs here. I don't have to go any further. Uh, you go broke in two ways. The failure of the Ukraine project could easily stimulate a collapse in Europe's banking system, which would instantly spread to the America's banking system as obligations dissolve and payments stop. No shit. Uh, election interference. I am going to skip that for the sake of uh, not getting a strike while having a strike, I guess. Uh, Civil War strategy. Uh, now we're getting into the, uh, the realm of um, Tim Pool. On top of all that, observers are reporting that more than 10,000 illegal immigrants a day will be crossing into the U.S. from Mexico in the weeks ahead. Alejandro Moracas Mayorkas. Mayorkas. Yeah, that guy. You know, the eyebrow dude. 
Department of Homeland Security and Mr. Blinken's State Department have made arrangements with international NGOs working through the UN to systemically conduct these immigrants across the border, furnishing them with pre-cooked phony asylum documents. Yeah, and the funny thing is, we just had that mass shooting in Texas where an a-hole was shooting a gun in his yard, and then the neighbors across the street asked him to stop doing that, and then he went and decided that it was it was a good idea to just shoot the people complaining that he was shooting the gun. The part they leave out is he was an illegal immigrant from Honduras. The neighbors across the street were also illegal immigrants from Honduras. The other thing that they don't point out, they like to say, well, it was an AR-15, and look at the damage that this thing can do. Well, yes, that's why the military fucking uses it, you dumbass. Uh, what they also bother to forget or purposely leave out is the fact that if you are an immigrant, even if you are here legally, if you have a green card, you cannot purchase a firearm in the United States. It is illegal. So he was illegally in possession of a firearm he was not supposed to have. And he didn't just break one law, which is murdering his neighbors because he was being a dick. No, no, no. Him having the rifle was fucking illegal to begin with. And your, your stupid gun laws didn't prevent him from having it. So maybe you should try enforcing the laws you already have on the books to prevent assholes like this, for one, getting into the country to begin with. What the fuck was he doing here, and why wasn't his ass deported like it was several times before? The dude has a history of being here, and you've done nothing about it. No, you just let people in for for no reason other than it makes you feel good about yourself. You don't live next to these people. You're not the ones getting shot. Okay, so yeah, while they're bitching and griping about this dude going around shooting people, they also refuse to acknowledge the fact that the laws that they put in place to prevent him from shooting people did absolutely nothing. So congratulations, you're a bunch of morons. So, yeah, um, James Howard Kunstler, um, check out his podcast, as I've already mentioned. I am a regular listener. I think he does, like, one show a month. It's nothing extravagant. It's not like my show where it's Monday through Friday on a good week. Uh, no, no, it's it's about an hour long, uh, once a month. He's got a nice back catalog the only issue i have with this show is that you have no idea what you're going to listen to because it's just Kunstler cast episode 563 you have no idea what the content's going to be so uh that's that's one of the downsides um and it's hard to go back and see you know who's that guy that he was talking to a few months back it's gonna be a hard time looking it up And to get to the last article that we have for today, America's bank empire is bankrupt. And this is via John Michael Greer via unheard.com. Herd, as in uh, like a herd of cattle? Yeah, Uh, not not that they aren't being listened to. It's um, don't, don't put us in the kettle, man. 
Yeah, uh, the dollar is finally being dethroned. Now, this is old news, and this is a long article, but let's see what it has to say for starters. And if you want to finish it yourself, you can always go to thecollapseexperiment.com. Let's start with the basics. Roughly 5% of the human race currently live in the United States of America. That very small fraction of humanity until quite recently enjoyed about a third of the world's energy resources and manufactured products about a quarter of its raw minerals. Yeah, this is all the same stuff I learned in college about how we're just absolutely horrible for doing great things in the past. Do you speak German? I don't either. You can thank America for that. Uh, the very small fraction of humanity, well, quite until quite recently, enjoyed about a third of the world's energy resources and manufactured products, about a quarter of its raw minerals. This didn't happen because nobody wanted these things or because the U.S. manufactured and sold something so enticing that the rest of the world eagerly handed over its wealth in exchange. It happened because, as the dominant nation, the U.S. imposed unbalanced patterns of exchange on the rest of the world, and these funneled a disproportionate share of the world's wealth to itself. That's how economics works. Like, we offer you, you don't have to take what we offer you. And yes, uh, I understand that there's certain... Uh, events that have happened within the last uh, 10, 20 years that kind of shows that like if you try to bypass the system, bad things happen to you. <clears throat> Libya, Gaddafi, we came, we saw, he's dead. Um, but what does Libya really have to offer other than the oil that he wanted to trade in a different currency? So yeah, um, there's nothing new about this sort of arrangement. In its day, the British Empire controlled an even larger share of the world's wealth, and the Spanish Empire played a comparable role further back. Before then, there were other empires, though through though limits to transport technologies meant that their reach wasn't as large, nor, by the way, was any of this an invention of people with light-colored skin. Ah. Huh. Uh, apparently this is written by a Brit, because there's a U in colored. Uh, mighty empires flourished in Asia and Africa when the peoples of Europe lived in thatched roofed mud huts. Empires rose whenever a nation became powerful enough to dominate other nations and drain them of wealth. They've thrived as far back as records go, and they'll, doubt, they'll doubtless thrive for as long as human civilizations exist yada 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 uh, francis fukuyama francis that's an odd first name for a guy with the last name of fukuyama <clears throat> insisted in his 1989 essay that having won the top slot u.s was destined to stay there forever he was of course wrong but then he was a hegelian and couldn't help it if a follower of Hegel says, tells you the sky is blue, you look. The ascendancy of one empire guarantees that other aspirations for the same status will begin sharpening their knives and they'll get to, those, get to use them too. Because empires invariably wreck themselves over time, the economic and social consequences of empire 
destroy the conditions that make Empire possible. Which is what they're doing now. It's happening now. Why are we so focused on Drag Queen Story Hour when our dollar is getting flushed down the toilet? It's stupid. It's look over here. Or perhaps our, our government is so cushy and so distracted with, um, with their own stupid ideology that um, they're not really doing their jobs. I've worked in places where they don't really do their jobs. Because it's a cushy situation, they get bored, and they decide that they should be doing other things. Uh, the mechanism the U.S. used for this latter purpose was in ingenious, but even more long-term than most. The simple terms, the U.S. imposed a series of arrangements, and most other nations that guaranteed the lion's share of international trade would use the U.S. dollar as the medium of exchange. Yes, we know all this. We know that. Sooner or later, you run out of suckers to draw in. Well, yeah, we're on a planet and not everyone on the planet. Eventually, the, the people who hold out and say, we're not going to do this stupid thing, like they come up with their own economy. And when their economy starts working better than the one that we established, well, that's when the tide turns <clears throat> like bricks. The one question left is how soon the pump will start to fail altogether. Yeah, so let's see here. When Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine, the U.S. and its allies responded not with military force, but with punitive economic sanctions, which did absolutely freaking nothing, and Russia is still thriving. It's still doing its thing, selling its oil at a discount to other people who then put it back on the market and sell it to us at a profit. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. We've got other countries selling Russian oil to us because we have an open market and other people are part of OPEC and all these other groups that we still trade with. So Russia sells that oil into OPEC and OPEC goes ahead and sells it to us at a profit because we are dumb. Uh, then there's Iran, which most Americans are impressively stupid about. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, Iran is the 17th largest nation in the world, more than twice the size of Texas, <clears throat> and even more richly stocked with oil and natural gas. It's also a booming industrial power, it has a thriving automobile industry, for example, and builds and launches its own orbital satellites. Orbital satellites. Yeah. It's been dealing with severe U.S. sanctions since not long after the Shah fell in 1978, it's also a safe bet that the Iranian government and industrial sector know every imaginable trick for getting around those sanctions. As you would. So, let's see here. <clears throat> Still skipping ahead. For many decades now, the threat of being cut out of the international trade by U.S. sanctions has been a big stick Washington uses, used to threaten unruly nations that weren't small enough for the U.S. invasion or fragile enough for a CIA-backed regime change operation. That's one of our, our favorite tricks right there. Uh, if you want to know more about it, check out Weird Al Yankovic's Party in the CIA. <laughs> Over the last year, that big stick turned out to be made of balsa wood and snapped off in Joe Biden's hand. As a result, all over the world, nations 
that thought they had no choice but to use U.S. dollars in their foreign trade are switching over to their own currencies or the currencies of rising powers. Again, BRICS. Uh, the U.S. dollars say as the global medium of exchange is thus ending. And it goes into a few more things. In short, America is bankrupt. Our governments from the federal level down are big corporations and a very large number of well-off citizens have run up gargantuan debts which can only be serviced given direct or indirect access to the flows of unearned wealth the U.S. extracted from the rest of the planet. I would kind of say that this part is false here. Um, they are literally just printing money, and that's not extracting wealth from other nations. That is just making up wealth. It's basic. This is why we have the inflation that we have today. There's not enough material coming in to make up for the money that's being printed. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the inflation because the products would be there to back the dollar. Now we just have more dollars and product that we have on the shelf. <clears throat> Those debts cannot be paid off, and many of them can't even be serviced for much longer. The only options are default on them or inflating them out of existence and in either case, arrangements based on familiar levels of expenditure will no longer be possible. Since the arrangements in question include most of what counts as an ordinary lifestyle in today's U.S., the impact of their disillusion will be severe. I am just waiting for, we've got, what, 30 days until the government defaults? And uh, Janet Yellen needs to be fired, for one. Uh, anybody who's saying that we need to keep spending more money than we have also needs to be fired. Um, if we were to treat the actual government like a corporation, all the people that have run it into the ground with all of this insane debt would have been let go a long time ago. Uh, missed our morning coffee. Oh, no, no. I have my coffee right here. A nice Turkish blend that was brewed in my cappuccino maker. <clears throat> the good news is that there's a solution to all this. The bad news is that it's going to take a couple of decades of serious turmoil to get there. I've been preparing for that for a long time. Oh, there you are, yes. The solution is that the U.S. economy will retool itself to produce earned wealth in the form of real goods and non-financial services, except that nobody wants to freaking work here. And why should they? All the benefits and everything that the baby boomers had while they were growing up, going through their adult lives, getting that nice pension fund at the end, doesn't exist anymore. There's seriously no purpose for somebody working like those people did back in that day. The incentive is not there. That's all been destroyed. So if you have zero incentive to get people to go and work into a factory like they did decades ago, you, you can't reverse that. You have to build the incentives to get draw people in. Uh, it's That's just not going to happen. Let's see here. That'll happen 
inevitably as the flows of unearned wealth falter. Foreign goods become unaffordable to most Americans. No, foreign goods are more affordable than American goods. That's, that's part of the problem. And it becomes profitable to produce things here again in the U.S., uh, the difficulty, of course, I don't think it's about profitability. I think it's if the product is not exported to begin with, if we're forced to produce it on our own, that is when it happens. If people want something and they can't get it, if there's an embargo, that's when we start making it here. It has nothing to really do with affordability because the Chinese market will continuously, all the time, produce something cheaper. Might not even be as good quality, but the fact that it's cheaper and we can just throw it out after we're done with it, that's what we enjoy. America has goods. The difficulty, of course, is that most of a, cent most of a century of economic and political choices meant to support our former imperial project are going to have to be undone. The most obvious example, the metastatic bloat of government, corporate and nonprofit managerial jobs in American life. Yeah, these nonprofits really need to go. The problem with a nonprofit is that they have a goal. They purposely don't try to achieve it. They don't. Because they'd be unemployed. Yeah, I have a nonprofit to solve homelessness. So what are you doing? Oh, well, we're raising money to fight homelessness. What are you doing with that money? Well, first we need to have an advertising agent. And next we need... It's never actually about solving the problem that they say they do. It's basically a tax scam. They draw on money. They have this nice status. They put posters up around everywhere. They get little pats on their back. They fill their wallets. That's what that is. <clears throat> the most obvious example, let's see here. There's a sensible move in an age of empire. As it funnels money into the consumer economy, which provides that jobs exist for the provisioned class, public and private offices alike team with legions of office workers whose labor contributes nothing to national prosperity, but whose paychecks prompt up the consumer sector. Remember the first people to get fired back in 2008, 2009? Mid-management. They are absolutely fucking worthless. Worthless. Those are the labor force. For the most part, they stayed. The mid-management above them, gone, because they took the slack off the actual managers. The actual managers had to go back to work and earn the money that they were getting paid while they had other people getting paid below them to do the work that they were supposed to be doing to begin with. Meanwhile, mid-management is going to all these really stupid classes on equity and diversity and inclusivity which translates to absolutely nothing when it comes to a workplace when they finally get fired and have to go somewhere else. I've got this certificate on equity. And so what exactly do you do here? <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, that bubble is already losing air. It's indicative that Elon Musk, after his takeover of Twitter, fired some 80% of that company's staff. 
Twitter's still working. He got rid of 80% of the people and Twitter is still functioning, okay? Uh, other huge internet co combines are pruning their workforce in the same way, though not yet to the same degree. Yeah, that's going to happen. A recent hubbubaloo about artificial intelligence is helping to amplify the same trend. Here we go with artificial intelligence again and firing people. So let's skip ahead again because this is a long, long article. Uh, the outcome of all this, well, one lot of pundits will insist at the top of their lungs that nothing will change in any way that matters and another lot will start shrieking that the apocalypse is upon us. Well, for some people it is and other people it's not. I'm just hoping the apocalypse is actually for the people mid-management, again, who have to figure out how to do something because they were handed these cushy jobs with good paychecks that basically fuel the economy while contributing absolutely fucking nothing of value. What will happen instead is the middle and upper class in the U.S. and in many other countries will face the same kind of slow demolition that swept over the working classes of those same countries in the late 20th century. Uh, this is not going to be a fast process. We are dancing on the brink of a long, slippery slope into an unwelcoming new reality. I'd encourage readers in America and its close allies to brace themselves for a couple of decades of rushing economic, social, and political Turmoil. Yeah, which is why I currently have three jobs. Three. I have, I'm not even including this thing here. No, no, no. I have three jobs. Plus, I've got chickens and a garden out back that only I work on. Just me. I'm the one doing that shit. Sleep? I don't know what the fuck that is. So, yeah, um, this is my life. And this is basically what people have to look forward to. I'm already there. I'm already at this position where like, well, if I lose one of the three jobs, I'm still cover I can still pay my bills, right? But if you just have the one job and you're in one of those little middle middle places right about here and you're above some people who do physical manual labor and then you have these people up here above you that are signing your check you're fucked this is you you're gone and um, that's what's going to happen it's going to start with those people and then it goes back to what happened later in 2009 2010 uh bob's been here about six months well bob is gone and now we're going to have three other people do bob's work for the same pay and the same amount of hours. Better not go over those hours, boys. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. Uh, let's see. From the comment section, America has goods from China. <clears throat> yes, that, that is 100% accurate. But wait, there's more. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot more. A lot more coming our way. Uh, speaking of those three jobs... Uh, I have to finish my coffee. Uh, I've got to upload this podcast. I have to get to work at the first job. Then at the end of that shift, I have to go to my second job and find out what exactly uh, 
a certain government organization around here wants me to do for them. Then I have to go to my third job that provides my health care and kind of sort of only really pays, uh, let's see here, my, my phone bill <laughs> for the few hours I work for them in the evening. Yeah, um, that's, that's about it for me today. So, yeah, that is my day coming up and uh, hope everyone is doing well. America is bankrupt. We are our own worst enemy. It's the same story all the time. You have health care. Yes, I do. It's weird. It's one of those companies that still offers health care for working part-time. And uh, if you want to know more about that, you can hit me up at the collapse experiment at gmail.com. Um, not going to say on here as to who I work for, because there are assholes out there that would probably call my employer and be like, he's, he's a domestic terrorist. You need, to, you need to fire him because he's saying bad things on YouTube. Yeah, um, I know about you people. Yes, you people. That's what I mean by you people. You know exactly what I'm saying. What do you mean by you people? You people. So, yeah, uh, I do have health care. Um, it's really, I've, I had to move outside of the city in order to find a company that would actually provide health care while working part time. I don't, I can't explain it, but, um, yeah, that's just how it works. You know, the one place, it's weird. I, I lived in the same city the majority of my life. And everybody acted like it was the best thing ever. Oh, you've got this really good job. You've got all these benefits. They don't pay you shit. You can't barely afford to live there. You can't, you don't get paid enough to actually use the health care you're already paying for. I worked at a hospital. I had to pay for the health care they were providing me, and then I didn't make enough to use the health care when I actually had to go to the doctor. So, I don't know how the fuck that works, other than they're just forcing me to hand money over to basically a bank. It's not a health care facility. Health care, health insurance is not a health uh, institution. It, it's not a, it's not like you're paying money to go to the gym where you get healthier, right? You're throwing money at these people to hopefully get something back in return if you go to the doctor. And most of the time they argue that, no, 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 this, this isn't covered by your healthcare. Um, and then when they don't cover that, you still have to pay out of your paycheck from the money that was already taken out to go to the health insurance. It's a scam. It's all a scam. I don't understand it. Actually, I do understand it, and that's why it fucking sucks. That's, it's horribly stupid. It should be illegal, but it's not. So, yeah, um, I move out of the city. I get this other job where after nine months, nothing comes out of my paycheck, and I have yet to receive a bill for anything that me, my daughters, or my wife have gone to the hospital for. Um, that's, that's just a fact. So yeah, I don't know how this company does it, but somehow they figured out a way where they can have people work for them part-time, cover all their healthcare expenses. And at the end of the day, you still don't have to pay anything out of pocket, even if you go to the doctor. 
How does a hospital not know how to do that? That should be the leading question that everybody asks who works in healthcare, actual real healthcare, as a nurse or uh, in any of these positions, right? Whether you're an x-ray tech, ortho, whatever it is. If you're a doctor, like why would you have astronomical healthcare costs working in a healthcare facility when some dude who's walking around with packages filling trucks has everything covered through a company. I don't know. I have better healthcare than I had working 14 years in healthcare. It, it's amazing. It's amazing how stupid our system is. So yeah, um, if you have any questions about that, I'd gladly answer them. Hit me up in my email. Uh, it should be in my channel description. And uh, yeah, so... That's about it for me today. I am done bitching and moaning. Keep on typing.